welcome to the Coaching Culture Podcast. My name's Joe Wright, and today I'm joined by yet another fabulous guest, considered one of the most influential leaders, motivational authors, and an all-round amazing human being. Today, I'm joined by the co-author of the Go-Giver series, Mr. Bob Berg. Bob, welcome. Wow. What a nice introduction. As you were describing that person, I was thinking maybe she has someone else coming on and, and I'm on at the wrong time. No, Bob, that's not true. That's not true. Today, we're going to be talking about your you, your story and the fabulous Go-Giver series because I was, I was advised to reach out to yourself because somebody recognized something in my posts on LinkedIn and just went, you need to you need to check out Bob Berg here because he Aww. you and him share some same <laughs> values and I so I instantly grabbed your book which I apps and I know you've done a whole lot more than that and you've sold millions of copies I I just absolutely adored it so I think it'd be lovely Thank today you. if you could share with our listeners um, more about you and your story and and really tell us about the go-giver what what does it mean because we talk to organizations and I want to understand how can they absolutely adopt the go-giver sure. laws to to maximize their success yeah Joe you know um so the the term go giver, you know, what does it really mean? It's yeah. simply that shifting your your focus, and this is, I think, really where it all begins. It's shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that doing so is is not only a more fulfilling way of conducting mm -hmm. business, which I think it is, yep. but it's also the most financially profitable way as well. Yep. And, and not for any kind of, you know, way out there, woo woo type of magical, mystical reasons. It actually makes, makes perfect sense because when you think about it, when you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself and place it on serving others, discovering what they need, what yep. they want, what yep. they desire, uh, moving it off of yourself and onto helping them solve their challenges or, or problems, taking it off of you and placing it on helping others, that other person get closer to happiness. Yeah. Well, you know, when you do that, people feel good about you. Uh, people want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. Yeah. They want to do business with you if that's you know appropriate based on what... And they also want to tell others about you. So that's really what we're, we're talking about. And as you mentioned it, it, it sort of then leads out to, to five laws that, that John David Mann, my excellent co-author, and I um, yeah. put together with it. So value, I mean, that it, it seems so obvious, but, but not everybody does that, do they? Not everybody gives more value and they think about it from their perspective. So do you want to share more about the five laws? Because sure. I love your five laws. Obviously, they, the book totally sang to me and your laws are really interesting. And I've got one of them makes me personally feel uncomfortable. And I know you'll know which one it is. Mm -hmm. um, but let's talk mm -hmm. through them. Let's talk through them because- but we'll I've, go through the other four. Go first. through the other Let's not mention the one that I right, was thinking. Because I know what you know. I know you know which one it is. Um, talk to me about the five, because it's number five, isn't it? That Sure, exactly. So the first law is the law of value. Yeah. And this says your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. But yeah. this can be easily misunderstood. You know, this sounds kind of counterintuitive when you think about it, Joe. Give more in value than you take in payment. Isn't that a recipe for bankruptcy? 
So no, of course not. And we simply have to understand the difference between price and value. Yeah. Um, price is a dollar figure or a, a pound figure. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 finite. It simply is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of yeah. something yeah. to the end user or beholder. So in other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, uh, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth to another person yeah. that they will willingly exchange their money for it yeah. and be glad they did while you also make a very healthy profit. And it would be sort of like the, you know, the 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 uh, accountant who you hire to do your taxes, and she charges you a thousand pounds to do it, okay, and 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 that's her price, a thousand pounds. But what value does she give you in exchange for this? Well, she through her hard work, her dedication, her getting to know you and discovering what you're looking to accomplish through being easy to work with, through everything she does in the process. First, she saves you well over five thousand pounds. <laughs> Okay. That is, so that's the first part. She yeah. saves you countless hours of time yeah. and she provides you and your family with the security and the peace of mind of knowing what was done correctly. Yeah. So as we see, she's given you well over 5,000 pounds in, in value yeah. in exchange for a thousand pounds in payment or price. She gave you more in, in value, right? Than she received in payment. But so you feel great about it. Yeah. And she also made a very healthy profit, which yeah. she should. Yeah. But here's the reason. And this is where it really, really comes in. The money she earned from this, okay, did not happen because she was focused on the money she was bringing in. She was focused on the immense value she was providing you. Yeah. And that's the key. This is why John David Mann and I say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means really that the value that you're providing another human being must be the focus. The value comes first. The money you receive, which you should, right? The money you receive is simply a natural result of the value you provide. Which is wonderful. And and I, I totally get that. I absolutely get it. And I, I can think about it from my own personal perspective in terms of how I purchase things myself but also mm-hmm. ourselves at coaching culture we do we give a lot of we actually Absolutely. give a lot of free resources um, and there's lots of value in those free resources and and we get payments in other ways other than our resources and 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 people like that i know they do and we listen to what they say which is exactly or what they need which is exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. exactly and can you think of i mean who would you think of in any organization that you think you know what this organization that everybody knows about does it brilliantly or is I think any- if you, I think if you look at any um, sustainably successful and profitable business, you'll find that's what they do. Yeah. So it's not as though you know, is there an example of one? Well, there's millions of examples yep. of one. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you know, so I think that's the key. You know, so you can you can look at the great experiences that you know Richard Branson's airlines provide, yeah. or you can look at the the great experiences that you know Apple provides, or you can look at the great. Yeah. But you can also look at the great experience that the local printer down the street provides, yes. or the diner, the local restaurant yeah. provides, or the person who you know what I'm saying. And, and so so it's everyone. Who, who, who basically stays in business sustainably and profitably. They have to give more in value than, than what they take in payment because it's an economic law that people will exchange their money 
for that which they feel is of greater value yeah. than the money they're exchanging it for. So this is why I often, when I speak to salespeople at, yeah. at sales conferences, the first thing I'll say is, you know, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Yeah. Right. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money or you'd like the sale, or even because you're a nice person. They're going to buy from you because they believe that they will be better off by doing so yeah. than by not doing so. Otherwise, why would they? Absolutely. And that's the only reason why anyone should buy, by the way, from you or from me or from anyone else. And that's great yeah. because it means that the people who can take their focus off themselves and focus on the other person, yeah. that's the one who creates that benevolent context for success in, in the sale to take place. So that's law number one. Yeah. Law number two. Yeah, that's this is the law of compensation. Yeah. And this law says that your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says give more in value than you take in payment. Law number two tells us that the more people whose two. lives you touch with the exceptional value you provide, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. So you might recall that that in, in this part of the story, Nicole Martin, she was the CEO. She explained to Joe, who was, yeah. who was the protege of, of the story, uh, the law, the law of value represents important. It represents your potential income, yeah. but but not your actual income because it's not enough to serve one person, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, Even magnificently, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Law number two: your compensation is about how many lives you impact yeah. with that exceptional value. The scalability and, and, of your yeah. offer and how many people you can. Uh, yeah. positively influence impact with with everything that you're there to offer so get get it out to as many people as possible and uh, give yeah. them that great value yeah and this is why we say that it, so exceptional value plus significant reach equals yeah. very high compensation it's also one reason we're very big believers in a referral based business yeah absolutely absolutely and and i mean i suppose in recent years like well not recent anymore but the internet and the you know the world wide web has now exploded that opportunity to talk yeah, you know sure. you and i now talking at the other side of the world from each other you know and we're reaching so many people by doing that um it's fabulous isn't it and it's just made things technology has just massively made scalability yeah. easier it has it, it's allowed us to connect with people yeah. who we might never have had the opportunity to do so otherwise and be able to build deep relationships with them. Absolutely. You know, and that's what's so beautiful about it. So I, I think what happens where, where people sometimes uh, approach the internet in a counterproductive way is when they think it's the technology that's going to be the relation, you know, that's going to cough, no. right? You know, and it's not, it's never about the technology. It's always about the people. It's always about the relationships. Yep. The technology simply helps us to, to act congruently with our values yeah. in terms of how we, we uh, work with one another. Brilliant. So I love that. So value and compensation and number three, well, this is it in the right the way. Yeah, this is the law of influence. And this is kind of what we were just talking about. Yeah. You're, it says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, let me just clarify and explain yeah. this if I may, because I think it can be easily misunderstood. And it's very important. When, when we, Joe, when we say place the other person's interests first, we don't mean that you should be anyone's doormat nope. or a martyr 
or self-sacrificial in any way. Absolutely not at all. It simply means this. And this is what Joe learned from several of the mentors in the story. Yeah. The golden rule of business, the golden rule of sales is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you and others than by genuinely moving from that I focus or me focus to an other focus, looking for ways to, as Sam, one of the mentors in the story advised Joe, make your win all about the other person's win. And I mean, the word trust is, is so important oh (laughs) unbelievable we we talk here about um building a coaching culture and what do we what do we mean by that that our final words of it are underpinned by trust because relationships are absolutely all about trust we know Mm. that in today's world more than ever trusting whether it's our you know politicians our leaders uh, in our personal relationships, our leaders and managers, it's all about trust. And and like you said, once mm. you know, like, and trust somebody, the communication and, and relationship becomes so much more I agree. productive, I guess. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, you know, we live in what could I think be called a, a, a low trust society at yeah. the moment. Yeah, okay. And that's not a good thing, but there is something good about it. And that is that person, that coach who can quickly and effectively communicate their trustworthiness, their worthiness of trust. That person is really far ahead in the game. Yeah. You know, so so in a low trust society, when you can be that trusted resource that, wow, you know, now you really uh, have got have got a business that's you know, a lot more fun, a lot less stressful and a lot more profitable. We did uh, a little while ago a survey um, to our coaching culture community all about trust. And it was really fascinating. A hundred percent of the respondents and there was quite a few respondents because we've got a a lovely community um, all said that trust was important, uh, obviously in their organization, but a much smaller percentage had anything trust related in their organization so any whether it was their values linked to trust it Mm -hmm. wasn't something that was really brought to the fore yet actually Mm -hmm. everything boils down to to trust and yeah it should be i mean you're talking value but value comes through that trust doesn't it service product whatever so it's fascinating how like you've just said how we live in a low trust society but it doesn't seem to be talked about as much as it could be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and we need to do a whole lot more of that. And and your law of influence is exactly that, isn't it? It's 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 trust. Thank you. That's what it's yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay, so number four. Law number four is the law. We're we're getting close to the one. <laughs> I, that, know. Um, I know where we're getting. I, I saw the look on your face. I knew what you were thinking. The uh, law number four is the law of authenticity. And the law of authenticity says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Now, in this part of the story, uh, Deborah Davenport, she was the real estate sales yep. professional who was the top producer. She she um, shared a very important lesson that she learned in her sales career. And that is that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they're all yep. very, very important. Yep. 
they're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. However, when you do, and this goes back to trust in a sense, right? When you show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. Yep. People feel comfortable with you. Yep. People feel safe with you. Why wouldn't they? Yep. They know who they're getting. There's an assured reliability in their mind in terms of who you are. And we know that who you are determines what you do. So the trust is there. Yeah. So when you when you do show up as yourself, wow, you know, now that that trust really comes into play. Now, I, you know, I think in a sense these days, and I don't know if you've noticed it, and I don't know if it's this way in the UK or if it's just, yeah. you know, here in the States, but there seems to be a, uh, a, a, almost a misunderstanding in terms of what authenticity really means. And, and what I find is a lot of people think that that authenticity means you have no boundaries. You know, it's like, I'm just going to say what I want to say. That's authentic. I'm going to just take it or leave it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Which, by the way, is a good philosophy to live by if you don't want to have any good relationships and you don't want to have a successful business. <laughs> uh, that aside, not so much. Yeah. So, so authenticity is not about, you know, I, th this is like the person who says, well, I have anger issues and I yell at people a lot. If I were to act any differently, that wouldn't be authentic of me. No way. That's wrong. No way. <laughs> it simply means this person has an authentic problem, yes. right? That they need to authentically work on <laughs> in order to become a better, higher, more effective authentic version of themselves. So authenticity should never be used as an excuse to not grow, but more as an impetus to grow. And, you know, Joe, I would define authenticity very simply. It's acting congruently with your values. Absolutely. I had a, an interesting conversation with somebody recently about authentic leadership versus authentic leadership. And and you're probably thinking, well, that sounds, that sounds the same. And it's exactly to your point. One was little A, little L. One was capital uh, A, capital L. <laughs> um, because people are going, well, isn't Donald Trump an authentic leader? And I'm like, mm, okay, right. It's, he's probably not the most popular of uh, of authentic leaders. And, and it's back to being himself and saying it as it is. Whereas actually then there's the authentic leaders who show emotional intelligence and all the great things of exactly what you're saying, being congruent with values and actually personally growing all the time. Um, so yeah, we've got plenty of examples in the UK. Donald Trump was the first person who I came to mind from the well, conversation I mean, that I, I had with the lady at the time. You know, I mean, I, I think in every country and everywhere, you're going to have people who do things their own way. They're going to have certain people that respond to it and, and certain things they don't. And people have their own style and yeah. way of doing things. So, you know, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things where we can kind of learn yeah. from everyone in terms of, you know, Jim Rohn, who was a great speaker here in yeah. the U.S. You remember Jim Rohn? Yeah. And he was wonderful. Jim Rohn used to say, you can learn from everyone. Now, some people you learn what to do and some people you learn what not to do. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think there's also people who you can learn, you can, you can watch them and see certain things that you can learn from them to do and other things you can learn from them not to do. Definitely. You know, Definitely. and I thought, cause I loved what Jim said and I was, and then, and you can also, but, and I, and I think, and again, I, I don't know in, in, in the UK and the States, we're so divided politically right now yeah. that, that it's almost like no one is willing to learn 
from the other side, right? You know, the other yeah, side. Yeah. It's like it used to be, and I always say in polit and politics in the U.S., it used to be I'm right, you're wrong, which yeah. isn't isn't great, but is doable because if you feel you're right and the other's wrong, you'll at least reach out because you want it right. Now it's different. Now it, it's no longer I'm right, you're wrong. Now it's I'm right, you're evil. Oh. And and when we believe that the other side is evil, we won't reach out to them because why would you ever reach out to evil? You can't change evil. And that's one reason why I think political discourse it has, has come to such a halt in this country, because instead of people trying to even understand what the other person, so you can understand where a person's coming from without agreeing with them. Totally. Right. Yeah. And when you understand where they're coming from, and you realize that probably it's not evil. Probably, I would say that, uh, that again here in the states, and I am assuming the same with the UK. Most people are good people, definitely, who, on both sides, who would love, uh, who want people to 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 be happy and healthy definitely. and live good lives, yep. and you know, right now the two sides have different ways of going about it, absolutely, and they're very very different. But when we look at the other person or the other side as probably having the same basic goals, yeah. just a different way of getting there. Now we can kind of reach out and understand yeah. and know where they're coming from. And from there we can engage and we can even in many cases persuade. Yeah. So, so I think that's really what it comes down to that we, you know, we kind of really kind of look to see why people who we might not agree with think as they think and, and try to, you know, go that route. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love that. I love what you brought up. I, the law of authenticity. We talk about authenticity such a lot um, in leadership forums and also the word authenticity does come a lot. Um but now you know where I'm going. Number five of laws. Now, I get it. I understand it. Mm -hmm. But this is one I personally need to learn and lean into a whole lot more. Sure. This is law number five is the law of receptivity. Absolutely. And this one says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. Yeah. Well, you know. This really means nothing more than understanding that 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 you breathe out and you breathe in. Yeah. It's not one or the other, yeah. it's both. Yeah. You breathe out carbon dioxide, you breathe in oxygen. Yeah. You breathe out, which is giving. You breathe in, which is receiving. Now, giving and receiving, contrary to the messages we get from the world around us, right? And what are the messages about, about wealth and prosperity and abundance and money that we get from the world around us, that it's a good thing? No, the messages are that it's, oh, people who are wealthy did it on the backs of others, or they did something horrible or nefarious, or they this, or they that. Now, the world, it's a big world. People <laughs> do things that we don't agree with, and some people have, you know, yeah. but no. For most of us, I guarantee everyone on this who's listening in or, or watching, no one is forced to do business with any of us. No. The only way, the only way we can receive a whole lot of money is to provide a whole lot of value to a whole lot of people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. No. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin. Yeah. And they work in 
tandem. So it's not, are you a giver or a receiver? You're a giver and a receiver. Now, what you know is that the giving comes first. That's got to be the focus, right? Yep. Just like we, we talked about. Uh, it's the law of life. It's, it's, it's the law of nature. We, we plant before we harvest. Yep. We sow before we reap. We throw the, the logs and the wood and the newspaper uh, into the fireplace before we get heat. And fire, right? Uh, say, right. And so, when we understand that, now we're able to tap into it. Now, that's that's very logical and rational, but money and prosperity is a very emotional thing. Absolutely. Again, because of all the messages that the world around us gives you, television, movies, the newspapers, the do they ever really make wealthy people look good and kind and caring? No. <laughs> It's all right. They're always the money, you know, grow, <laughs> step on people's toes and be ruthless and horrible, right? Well, that's the messages people get. Yeah. And so um, what we've got to do is we've got to be able to get past that. We've got to first recognize it and understanding that our, our belief systems in terms of money and prosperity have been shaped not by our own conscious thinking, but by the world around us. And that we've accepted these premises unconsciously. And that's the, you know, that's the most insidious thing of all, right? It's not like we know this. We don't even realize it. <laughs> but we first got to understand it. Then we've got to make a plan to, to be able to work on it. Now, I'm a big believer in, in getting, you know, books and study or studying books and, and videos and audios and blogs from the people who specialize in this, this thing. So there's a lot of great people out there. There are people like, you know, Randy Gage and there's yeah. people like Bob Proctor and David yeah. Nagel, and Sharon Lecter and Ellen yeah. Rogan and Ken Honda and just some, you know, wonderful teachers yeah. who, you know, write, speak, teach and so forth. I'm a big, you know, I, I subscribe to these, their blogs. Yeah. I want to read, I need to read every day these same messages Yeah. because the other messages, the horrible messages of lack Come at us all the time. Just go online and you're going to see that. Just watch TV. You're going to see that. So, so yes, I think to the degree that we study prosperity, yeah. you know, that's the degree that, that we're going to, to get past those, those unconscious uh, mind viruses, as Randy Gage calls them. Yeah. And, no. and be able to, yeah. And what about, so you talk there about money and wealth and prosperity. What about things like acts of kindness? Because I, I, where I kind of think, you know what, I love doing things for others, supporting others, and then sometimes feel uncomfortable when people do it back. So, you know, even me reaching out to you and you just went so, straight away, yeah, no problem. I was like, oh, wow, you really are living this book, like the values of the so, book straight away. So let's talk about that because that's very important. When we talk about receptivity, money isn't the only form of receptivity. Yeah. You know, financial prosperity is, is just one aspect of prosperity. Yeah. Financial success is one aspect of success. There's success in terms of, sure, financial, yeah. and that's important, but there's also physical, spiritual, yeah. mental, emotional, social, relational, probably a dozen other ways I can't even think of. And so, and, and so it's the same here. So, so, you know, when we're building our prosperity muscles, and I think it is a muscle, yep. you know, like anything else, right? If you, if, if you want to lift 200 pounds, you don't start with 200 pounds. You start with 10 pounds yeah. and then 20 and then 30 and then 50. And then it, right. We build on our small successes. So how would we do that here? 
when someone pays you a compliment, right? If you can't receive and instead you go, oh, mm -hmm. no, right? Okay, but what if instead, as uncomfortable as it might be the first time, you say, oh, thank you so much. Thank right, you. exactly. What about when someone goes to pour your coffee at the local store? Yeah. You go, oh, no, no, I'll do it myself. Or you say, oh, thank you. Or it, you know what I'm saying? So those little things, those 10 pounds and those 20 pounds and those, right? Yeah. We can build that our small successes and any kind of receptivity we allow ourselves, it's the same as receiving money. You know, it just keeps building our ability yeah. to receive. I love that. I love I love the way you've you've articulated that because I remember reading it in the book and I was like, ooh, and I could feel it. And I saw it in some of the, the notes at the back that other people had had the same sort of thoughts. But actually listening to, to you saying that and building that, you know, receptivity muscle is a really powerful thing to do. Um, and in terms of organizations out there, you've said that so many are living this, they're doing it well, those who are giving value. Do you do you ever think of any specific organizations that are absolutely smashing all five or even quoting all five they actually oh. live and breathe your oh yeah oh, well many yeah i mean many i i mean i just think of a company i did a program for i i spoke at their conference and they i mean they 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 um they deal in providing what are called fractional cfos yeah okay so um, when, when a company is not big enough to have a full-time chief financial officer, yeah. this company sends in CFOs to, this is totally a go-giver company. Everything about it, they nail, they give so much more in value than they take in payment. They're touching the lives of lots of people. They place their clients' interests first. They're totally authentic and, and know who they are. They act according to their values and they're receiving lots and lots and lots of money. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, again, I can, I can think of so many who are, that are nailing it. And, and if you were giving any of the smallest piece of advice that would have the largest impact to organizations who may be listening, so it could be HR directors listening today, thinking actually this, you know, if there was one thing they had to go away and do from our conversation today, what, what would that be? I, I think it's realizing that and, and Dale Carnegie said this in his classic, how to win friends and influence yeah. people that ultimately people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. Yeah. So if we want to be very effective, if we want to be very influential, we've always got to be asking ourselves questions such as how does what I'm asking this person to do how does it align with their needs, their wants, their desires, their goals? Yeah. How does what I'm asking this other person to do align with their values? What yeah. challenges am I helping them to solve? How am I helping them get closer to satisfaction or happiness, right? And when we ask ourselves these questions thoughtfully and intelligently, genuinely, authentically, right? Not as a way to manipulate another person into doing our will, nope. but as a way of building and advancing everyone in the process, now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's commitment, their no, their like, and their trust. Brilliant. Absolutely love that. And in terms of yourself, what's what's next for, for Bob and the Go-Giver movement? Well, we have my, my business partner, Kathy Tejanel, who's absolutely brilliant. She and I have a, um, uh, we have an online um, mentoring, group mentoring um, um, site called the Go-Giver Success Alliance. Yeah, brilliant. And yeah, and while there is a, um, weekly call and we have some uk members too we have a, a weekly call on wednesdays at, at 11 o'clock our time which i think is four o'clock uh uk time depending upon the time of year you know the, yeah yeah um so uh so you know once a, a week we have these big group 
uh, kind of strategizing and discussing and problem solving and all that. And we do that right on Zoom. And then the rest of the week, we have all these interactions throughout the uh, the site. It's not a Facebook group. It's actually on our own, uh, on a, a private network. So, um, so yeah, that's a lot of fun. So that's really what we're, what we're doing and continuing to build. And would you want to build that further in the UK as well? Because we will have people listening in from the UK for sure. Oh, oh we love our UK friends that uh, our UK mates who, <laughs> who join us every, every week. It's just uh, gogiversuccessalliance.com. Yep. Uh, Brilliant. And, uh, and yeah, they can, they can go on there. And uh, in fact, I'm just making sure. Uh, yeah, go give her, without the hyphen, go give her successalliance.com. And they can also at berg.com, they can find the, the link to it as well. Brilliant. That, that's fantastic. So I was just about to say, how can people contact you? But that's the answer, really, isn't it? That's yeah. the best way <laughs> to get in contact with you. Mm -hmm. Bob, is there anything else you'd like to share today? Because I've absolutely loved our conversation and I'm sure our listeners will too. Is there anything else you would want to share of your so many years and wealth of experience that you think, yeah, they need to know. <laughs> Joe's coaching culture community needs to know well, this. I appreciate you very much. It's been a, a joy, a, a pleasure, and an honor. And I, I guess I would just uh, kind of summarize a lesson that a mentor from a long time ago taught me when I was kind of like Joe in the story, yeah. kind of finding my way. And he said, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, in business, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. When you hit the target, you'll get a reward and that reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money, whatever you choose, but never forget, he said, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It's not the target itself. Your target is serving others. Bob, I absolutely love that. Thank you so much indeed for joining us today. I've absolutely Aww. loved our conversation. Thank you. And you've thank exactly you. lived up and exceeded all our expectations. So thank you. <laughs> and My pleasure. Thank you, everybody, again, for listening into our Coaching Culture podcast. We've got an amazing guest today, which is Bob Berg. And again, do listen in again for more fabulous guests. We've got more fabulous, inspirational people to interview soon. So again, thank you.